Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 22nd of August. With India reporting nearly 70,000 new COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours, the total number of infections in the country rose to more than 29,75,000 and the death toll was close to 56,000 with over 900 new fatalities. Currently, India has almost 7 lakh active cases and more than 22 lakh people have been treated and discharged. The health ministry says that the recovery rate has soared past 74.69% and the case fatality rate has dropped further to 1.87%. The Indian Council of Medical Research or ICMR reported that an important milestone had been reached. That is, more than 1 million diagnostic tests were conducted on Friday. India, having tested over 34 million samples so far, is now ahead of Russia in terms of total number of samples tested. Only China, with 90.4 million tests, and US, with 74.7 million tests, have tested more, but they are far ahead of India. Population is another major factor that should be kept in mind. The last two days have seen a small increase in the number of cases being reported from Maharashtra. The daily growth in Andhra Pradesh, which was growing at more than 9% per day not too long ago, has now fallen to 3%. There has been a marginal decline in growth rates of Bihar and Uttar Pradesh as well. The only states that are seeing a rise in their growth rates now are Punjab and Odisha. The committee appointed by the Maharashtra government to look into the alleged inflated bill given to COVID-19 patients has asked Aditya Birla Hospital in Pune to refund 5 lakh rupees to 25 patients who underwent treatment at the hospital. Dr. Shankar Jadav, who headed the government-appointed committee, said that during the audit, they found that the hospital had violated the state government's norms regarding billing COVID patients. He said, and I quote, At least in 25 cases, we found that the hospital had overcharged patients for medicine, admission to general wards, PPE kits, and other related aspects. Unquote. A hospital spokesperson said that they would reply to the letter sent by the committee soon. An important judgment came from the Bombay High Court today. The court quashed all the FIRs filed against 29 foreign nationals who had attended the Tablighi Jamaat event in Delhi's Nizamuddin Markaz in early March. The court said that there was no proof to show that they had violated visa conditions and propagated Islam or were responsible for the spread of COVID-19 in the country. In a strongly worded judgment, the Aurangabad bench of the court said, and I quote, A political government tries to find a scapegoat when there is a pandemic or a calamity and the circumstances showed that there is probability that these foreigners were chosen to make them scapegoats. The court further added, and I quote again, There was a big propaganda in print media and electronic media against the foreigners who had come to Marcus Delhi and an attempt was made to create a picture that these foreigners were responsible for spreading COVID-19 virus in India. There was virtually persecution against these foreigners. Unquote. From calling them Corona jihadis to even terrorists, a section of TV media in India in April left no stone unturned in demonizing the minority community without a shred of evidence. They peddled fake news and made up conspiracy theories. Maulana Muhammad Saad, the head of the Tablighi Jamaat, was even called a terrorist and the Maulana of death. The attendees were described as human bombs and linked to terror groups and of course Pakistan. And the media's tirade against the Tablighi Jamaat and the Muslim community generally wasn't limited to big media. Some regional media outlets joined in too. 
Our reporters Ayan and Chehek went through hours and hours of hateful coverage to bring you a report titled Audit of Bigotry. How Indian media vilified Tablighi Jamaat over coronavirus outbreak. You can read the report on our website newslaundry.com. Now cut to August. As many as 743 employees of the Tirumala Tirupati Devasthanam tested positive for coronavirus since the Tirumala Venkateshwara Temple in Andhra Pradesh was reopened on June 11th. Three employees of the temple, including the head priest, died of the virus. Now, contrast the coverage of this news with that of the markas in Delhi. This is exactly why we at News Laundry keep on harping about the flawed news model that is all about TRPs and grabbing eyeballs, dependent on advertisement revenue, whether it is from the government or big companies. And this is exactly why News Laundry is 100% free of advertisements. We believe, and I'm sure you can see it clearly too, that news cannot serve true public interest if it is dependent on advertisements. In fact, a lot of times, not only does it not serve public interest, but actually ends up harming it in irreversible ways. So, dear listeners, it is time for you to step up as citizens of this democracy and save news. You can do that by supporting independent media houses like ours. Subscribe to News Laundry and pay to keep news free. In yet another incident that added fuel to fire in the already heated debate over language politics in India, During a recent virtual training session, the secretary of the Ayush Ministry, Vaidya Rajesh Kotecha, said that participants who did not speak in Hindi could leave as he could not speak in English very well. His statement has yet again raised the important issue of language politics in India, with leaders from Tamil Nadu condemning his statement. DMK MP Kani Mori today demanded his suspension and sought disciplinary proceedings against him. Taking to Twitter, Kani Mori, who represents the Thotukuri constituency, said that his statement spoke volumes about the Hindi domination being imposed. However, according to the Hindu, Kotecha claimed that the video of his comments was manipulated. He said, and I quote, I was to give a 10-minute introductory speech and began speaking in Hindi, making it very clear that I would be speaking in both Hindi and English. A bunch of hooligans who had come in as participants in the webinar started shouting, disturbing the speech and demanded that only English be spoken. They have manipulated the video and have sabotaged the entire educational program. Unquote. The secretary claimed that 350 participants were invited for the training session, but 430 turned up and his address was disrupted. The Supreme Court has said that the special CBI court that is hearing the Babri Masjid demolition case should complete the trial and deliver the verdict by September 30th. The top court had earlier given time till August 31st to the trial court in Lucknow to deliver the verdict. Special Judge S.K. Yadav had asked the Supreme Court for some more time. The top court had directed the trial court in April 2017 to conduct day-to-day hearings and complete the trial in two years. In its order today, the Supreme Court said, and I quote, Having read the report of Mr. Surendra Kumar Yadav, learned special judge, and considering the proceedings are at the fag end, we grant one month's time, that is, till 30th of September 2020, to complete the proceedings, including the delivery of the judgment. Unquote. L.K. Advani, Murli Manohar Joshi, and Uma Bharti are among the top BJP leaders accused of conspiracy that led to the demolition of the mosque in December 1992. Advani had recorded his statement in the mosque demolition case before the special CBI court through video conference on July 24th, while Murli Manohar Joshi had recorded his a day before Advani's. When the Babri Masjid demolition took place, 
senior journalist Sajida Momin was the Telegraph's Uttar Pradesh correspondent based in Lucknow. Momin told News Laundry, and I quote, If I go back to 1992, the atmosphere created in Ayodhya was very frightening. The workers of the Sangh Parivar, which was there to demolish the mosque, herded all of us journalists into groups and took us away from the disputed site. Unquote. From this temple terrace, Momin would witness the mosque's demolition. She says, and I quote again, We were taken to the terrace of a temple that was next to the Babri Mosque. So we had a fantastic vantage point if you want to look at it from a journalistic point of view. We saw the demolition happen. Unquote. Cherry Agarwal spoke to three journalists who weighed in on what it was like to cover the 1992 demolition and what they think of news today. Read their first-hand accounts in the piece titled Babri Masjid Demolition, I was probably the only Muslim woman journalist in Ayodhya. You'll find the report on newslaundry.com. A lot of Harry Potter fans on Twitter were left shocked and enraged yesterday after they discovered that the India division of Bloomsbury, a British publishing house that published the beloved fantasy series, had invited the likes of Kapil Mishra and Vivek Agnihotri to an online event for a book it published that is titled Delhi Riots 2020 – The Untold Story. The invite to the event that featured the Bloomsbury logo had stated that BJP's Kapil Mishra would be one of the guests of honour. It is important to note that the violence in Delhi this year, which left over 50 people dead, followed an incendiary speech by Mishra himself on February 23rd. The book Delhi Riots 2020 claims to be an explosive revelation of the plot behind the riots. On being contacted by a news laundry reporter, the publishing house claimed that their logo was used for the event without their knowledge. Today, a day after the outrage over the event, Bloomsbury India has confirmed that it is withdrawing publication of the book Delhi Riots 2020. In its statement, Bloomsbury India said that the book's publication was being withdrawn and I quote, in view of the very recent events, including a virtual pre-publication launch organized without our knowledge by the authors, with the participation by parties of whom the publishers would not have approved. Bloomsbury India strongly supports freedom of speech but also has a deep sense of responsibility towards society. Unquote. For more details, head to the media section of newslaundry.com. And now for some international news. Almost 23 million people have been diagnosed with COVID-19 around the world, including more than 799,000 deaths. Drug developer Moderna has said that it has so far enrolled more than 13,000 participants in the continuing late-stage 30,000-volunteer U.S. trial that is testing its COVID-19 vaccine candidate. In a tweet, the company also said that 18% of the participants currently enrolled are Black, Latino, American, Indian or Alaska natives, groups that were among the hardest hit by the coronavirus pandemic. Moderna began the study of its vaccine candidate mRNA-1273 in July and expects to complete enrolment in September. A former chief scientific advisor to the UK government has said that the coronavirus will be around forever and people are likely to need regular vaccinations against it. Professor Mark Walport, a member of the Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies, likened the virus to influenza and said that repeated inoculations on a global scale would almost certainly be required to control it. South Korea has banned large gatherings, shut down night spots and churches and removed fans from professional sports nationwide in an attempt to slow down the resurgence of coronavirus infections. 
Health Minister Park Nyong-hoo announced the new measures after officials reported more than 300 new cases, marking the ninth day straight of triple-digit increases. Most of the new cases were in the Seoul metropolitan area, which has been at the centre of the viral surge in recent weeks. But infections were also reported from practically every major city in South Korea, including towns. Joe Biden, the US Democratic presidential nominee, in an interview with ABC, said that he would do whatever was needed to keep the US safe amid the coronavirus pandemic, even if it meant shutting down the country. He said, and I quote, In order to keep the country running and moving and the economy growing and people employed, you have to fix the virus, you have to deal with the virus. And if scientists recommended shutting down the country, I would shut it down. Unquote. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is busy peddling yet another conspiracy theory after his mail-in voting fraud theory. According to the latest one from the US president, the US Food and Drug Administration is somehow delaying the development of a coronavirus vaccine until after the US presidential election. The Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, who is in coma after drinking what his supporters suspect was poisoned tea, has arrived in Germany from Siberia for treatment. While doctors treating him in OMS had insisted on Friday that he was too ill to be moved, they later said his condition was stable enough for the flight. His wife, Yulia, is travelling with him. Today morning, Navalny's medical evacuation flight, paid for by the German NGO Cinema for Peace, landed at Berlin, where he is currently being treated. Navalny fell ill during a flight from Tomsk to Moscow on Thursday and his plane made an emergency landing in Omsk. A photograph on social media appeared to show him drinking from a cup at a Tomsk airport cafe before his flight. His team suspects a poisonous substance was put in his tea. A disturbing video appeared to show a stricken Navalny howling in agony on the flight. A passenger on the same flight said that he heard him screaming in pain. Navalny, a prominent critic of the Russian President Vladimir Putin, has consistently exposed official corruption in Russia. He has even served multiple jail terms. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.